following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. Man, I've heard some great reports from our students uh, on their winter retreat. They took off on Friday uh, evening. And uh, they're in Pigeon Forge, the Strength to Stand Conference. And uh, last year, I think we took like 50, right around 50 students and adults uh, to the retreat. This year, there's over 80. And uh, so we're excited about that. And I just got a text from Ryan uh, last night, uh, or maybe it was early this morning. Anyway, um, that so far, uh, 18 students have made uh, decisions to follow Jesus as their Lord and Savior uh, from our group. So... We're excited about that. Uh, I told Ryan that he couldn't come home unless there was 20. So um, got two more. <laughs> anyway, l- last year, actually, we had 14 kids uh, give their life to Christ at the retreat. So we're just excited about what's happening uh, in our student ministry and what's happening here at Coastal. Uh, we have a goal this year uh, to see uh, 100 people give their life to Jesus uh, through the ministry of Coastal. And uh, so it's a great start so far to the new year. Uh, and 100 people get baptized. And last week, we already uh, had four baptisms. So uh, we're excited. Things are, are going great. And uh, God's moving in a powerful way um, here at Coastal. Uh, today, uh, we are in week two of the series called Impact. Uh, and it's exactly that. How, how do I make an impact in the lives of the people around me? How do I share my faith? How do I share the good news of the gospel? And uh, that's, we talk a lot about that here at Coastal. Uh, that's why we exist, to share and experience the life and love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. We also talk a lot about storms uh, here at Coastal. Uh, in fact, uh, we give away a book uh, to all of our first-time guests. It's called Unshakable, Standing Strong When Things Go Wrong. And uh, because of my relationship with the author, uh, Nelson Searcy, through my coaching network, uh, I was uh, able to write the foreword to the book. And uh, the book is all about the storms of life that we go through. And there's a different chapter for each uh, different storm. And uh, we did a sermon series uh, from this book uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, so we talk a lot about storms. We, again, if you're a guest with us today, make your way over to that uh, blue tent. And uh, we have a little bag for you. That book is included uh, in the bag. Um, we also uh, know a thing or two about uh, storms here in Charleston, uh, don't we? Especially hurricanes. Um, and then, uh, after this past week, you know, we can now add snowstorms uh, to our resume of Charleston snow, uh, Charleston storm experiences. But let me ask you a question. Have you, have you noticed, though, that when the storms of life come, that some people are able to, you know, to stand firm, like the title of the book, um, they're, they're unshakable, while other people seem to be just blown off course? I mean, just, just terribly blown, you know, back and forth. Uh, you know, like maybe, for example, you're at work and everything's going great and um, uh, everything's going great for a particular coworker, and then all of a sudden that coworker gets a phone call from home and evidently it's, you know, something bad or something, you know, maybe it's a fight or I don't know, something, whatever it is, but it's just really, you know, they're shot for the rest of the day. Or maybe, you know, you have an argument with your spouse or a fight with your boyfriend or girlfriend, and likewise, it just throws you for a loop. Um, You get some bad news about your health. Uh, You get an unexpected uh, bill, uh, unexpected car repair, and again, it just does a number on you. You turn negative, you know, you pout, uh, you complain. Now, why is that? I mean, why? Because, you know, there are other people who can get 
the same news, experience the same storm, and they seem fine. You know, they, they don't seem to get, you know, blown off track at all. Why is it that, you know, one person is totally knocked off their game and then another person is seemingly unaffected? Well, I think one of the differences is it's determined by your foundation. The difference is determined by your foundation. In other words, your base, your core, you know, what, what you're building your life on. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus said. Jesus told a story one time about these two people, uh, one who was shaken by the storms of life, and then the other one who remained strong, standing strong. Uh, it's found in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds their house on a solid rock. So this is the person, again, you know, when the storms come, they stand firm. And as he says, though the rains come in torrents and the waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on rock. But, and then here's the person who is constantly, you know, thrown off course. He says, anyone who hears my teachings and ignores it is foolish Kind of like the person who builds their house on sand. And again, we know a thing or two about strong foundations here in Charleston, about you know, building your house on, a sand, on the sand or the rock. And he says, for that person, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it's gonna fall with a mighty crash. Now, it's important to note that in both of those scenarios, you know, both people experienced a storm. You know, Jesus said, though the rains come. In other words, there really is no such thing as a storm-free life. There's no such thing as a problem-free life. We all know storms are a fact of life. So don't be surprised by them. In fact, nowhere, Jesus doesn't promise that even after you start following him, you know, even after you step across the line of faith, even if you give your life to him, he doesn't promise that things are going to be perfect on this side of eternity. You know, the only place that's perfect is heaven. And Jesus said, here, you're going to have problems. In fact, there's a word for that. There's a word for one problem after another problem after another after another after another. You know what that word is? Life. That's life. Life is full of problems. Life is full of pain and, and heartache and pressure and stress. In fact, in Luke 16, Jesus said it this way. He said, I told you these things so that in me, in me, you may have peace because in this world, you will have what? What does he say? Trouble. How many of you would agree with that? Right? Life is full of trouble. But then he says, but take heart. I, Jesus, I have overcome the world. So we know this, right? God never promises a trouble-free life. But if your house, if your life is built on the rock, if it's built on a, the solid foundation of a personal relationship with Jesus and following God's word, he says God will walk with you through those storms, through the trouble and you will be able to stand strong. Now, what in the world does any of that have to do with this series? Impact. What, is, what, is, what do storms have to do with making an impact? Well, if you're a follower of Jesus, when you stand firm during the storms of life, 
people notice. And it's your response, it's your, your faith in the midst of those storms that will potentially cause other people to have faith in God. In fact, I would argue that you and I have the greatest opportunity to make the biggest impact in the lives of other people where we live, work, and play when you go through and experience the storms of everyday life. And then you stand firm. In fact, that's the impact principle for today. Each week in the series, we're gonna have kind of an overriding uh, principle, and that's this one for today. It is, my response to storms opens the door to share my faith. Last week, we talked about sharing your story. The reality is, we don't like to hear this, but we need to be reminded of it. Your storms, the storms that you go through are a part of your story, probably the most powerful part of your story. So today, I want us to take a look at a couple of guys in the Bible who definitely experienced a storm, but it was their response to that storm that really did make an incredible impact in the lives of the people around them. It it, it was the response, how they handled it. It was their faith through the storm that brought other people to faith. So the story is found in Acts chapter 16, and uh, the two guys that I want us to look at today are the Apostle Paul, uh, Paul and Silas, his good friend Silas. And they were basically, you know, church planting buddies, uh, friends, and they were traveling throughout the region. Uh, In this particular chapter, they're in Philippi, and uh, they're sharing the good news of Jesus, okay? They're planting churches, they're building up churches, they're sharing uh, the gospel. And on this particular excursion, they healed a slave girl who had been tormented by an evil spirit. Now, that's exciting, that's good news, except the problem was is that the girl's owners weren't happy about it. You see, they basically had been using her and her predicament to make money off of her as kind of a fortune teller. And so now they are really really ticked off. So we pick up the story in verse 19. It says this, Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and they dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace and the whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted. They they are teaching the people to do things that are against Roman customs. Now, by the way, Paul and Silas really weren't doing that. They weren't doing anything illegal. Um, These are just trumped up charges that are being brought against them, again, because the master's money stream has basically been taken away, okay? Verse 22, so a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Now they weren't just roughed up a little bit, you know, not not a little, you know, slap on the wrist or anything like that. Verse 23, they were severely beaten and they were, then they were thrown into prison. In fact, the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So he took no chances, but put them into the inner dungeon and clamp their feet into stocks. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I would call being stripped naked, uh, severely beaten, and thrown into a dungeon, I think I'd call that a storm, okay? That's a pretty bad day, you know? Now, verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What? 
I mean, excuse me? What, what did it say? Listen to that. Praying and singing hymns to God. That's what they were doing. Let me ask you. I mean, think about how out of the ordinary, no, 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 no. How absolutely crazy that seems in the sequence of this story. I mean, you put yourself in their shoes, okay? You have been falsely, falsely accused in public. You have been beaten within inches of your life. Uh, violently, you have been thrown into a dungeon. You know, your arms and your legs clamped together. Let me, let me ask you, would the next thing on your mind be, let's stop now and have a worship service? Okay, I mean, let's be honest. Probably not, Right? I mean, we would be crying, we'd be complaining about our mistreatment, uh, the injustice of it all. How many of you would be begging for an attorney? I mean, you would just be, you know, you would be wanting to get out of this situation. This would be bad. But what do Paul and Silas do? They worship. I don't, I don't want you to miss this. There, there is incredible power in thanksgiving and praise when you find yourself in a storm. I mean, it has the ability, the, the, the power to transform seemingly unsolvable problems. You know, when, when, when you learn to thank and praise God in the midst of the problem, in the midst of the pain, in the middle of the crisis, in the middle of the storm, over and over and over again, that's when God moves in a mighty way. You see that all throughout the Bible, all throughout history, and all through lives of people here at Coastal. Paul and Silas started praising, praising and rejoicing, singing songs of thanksgiving. And then God showed up in a powerful way, and he did a miracle. In fact, we're going to read about it here in just a minute, but let me just go ahead and say that basically he sends an earthquake, and the whole prison starts shaking, so much so that the Bible says that the cell doors opened up. And, and all the chains and the shackles off of all the prisoners come unbound. They're all set free. They're all set free. Again, don't miss this. Freedom comes through thanksgiving. Peace comes through praise. Joy comes through gratitude. Miracles. You want to see miracles done in your life? It comes through worship. So one of the questions that I got for you today, and it's there on your outline, I don't want you to go through this, this day, this message, without thinking about this. What prison are you in today? You know, what is it in your own life that has got you locked up? What is it that has you in bondage? What storm are you facing? Write it down. I mean, is it fear? Fear about your finances? Is it worry about relationships, conflict in marriage? Despair, depression, guilt. What is it that's enslaving you today? Bitterness, anger. What emotional prison do you find yourself in? And listen, you know, I don't know your story, but God does. And those songs we, we got, you know, we were singing earlier about, about God's love, you know, his, his crazy love, that's about you. And, and he knows what you've been through. Listen, whatever it is, 
Start thanking and praising God in the middle of the situation, in the midst of it, and you watch God do a a miracle in your life. Praise releases the power of God. It does. Now, I'm not saying you you know, to... you know, have rose-colored glasses and be Pollyanna kind of thinking about your situation. And no, I'm not saying that. There are a lot of situations that you didn't bring on yourself that, you know, people meant for evil and harm. I'm not saying to thank God for them because they are bad. But what I'm saying is you can still praise God in the middle of it. You know, instead of complaining about uh, your problems, complaining about the storm, start counting your blessings. Instead of looking and focusing on what you've lost, start looking at what you have left. Now, while they were singing, while they were praying and worshiping, this is important, don't miss this. What was everybody else doing? In fact, if you go back to to verse 25, the end of it, what does it say? And the other prisoners were what? They were listening. Now, don't miss this. You see, the people in your life, again, we use this phrase a lot, where you live, work, and play, the people that you work with, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, the people that you, you know, work out with at that gym, the other family, families on your kid's ball team, they are all listening and watching to how you and I respond to the everyday storms of life and the big storms of life, whether that's just the everyday you know, frustrations, you get a little phone call, you get a, a little upset, you're in traffic, you're in a long line at Walmart, or the big storms, cancer, death, divorce. In fact, don't miss this. Just like in this story, they're all going through some of the same storms that you are. Don't you see? They were in the same dungeon with Paul and Silas. Yes, they were listening, they were watching, because they were there. I mean, you think about it for a moment. This past week, you know, when the the snowpocalypse hit Charleston, you, you weren't the only one inconvenienced. You know, you weren't the only one with, you know, 50 different opportunities to show either patience or frustration. Kindness or anger. Again, you're not the only one who's got to drive in, you know, Charleston afternoon traffic. From what I've seen in my lifetime, cancer is not a respecter of persons. You're probably not the only one in your life with toddlers or a teenager. You know, there are other people in your life who struggle with paying bills and making ends meet. We all have loved ones who die. We all face health issues and marriage issues and family struggles. Don't you see storm, storms are common? But because of their faithful response in the middle of the storm, there's some amazing things that begin to happen. Verse 26, again, suddenly there was a great earthquake And the prison was shaken to its foundation. Okay, this is like the original jailhouse rock, okay? I know I dated myself there. It's a reference to Elvis, but he's before my day. Kind of goes across all generations. Anyway, um, 
Listen to this. All the doors flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prisoner doors, the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Okay, he's thinking either I'm going to be in big trouble or they're coming after me. Either way, I'm going out here. But Paul shouted to him, don't do it. We are all here. In other words, they haven't left. There's no prison riot here, he says. Trembling with fear, the jailer called out for lights and he ran to the dungeon and he fell down before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with your entire household. Now I know when, when, when you first read that, if you're not familiar with the story, you might think, well, of course he wants to know what can he, be, what can he do to be saved because he's thinking about saving his life because he thinks they're going to murder him. But there's obviously more than that going on here because listen to what happens. Then they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household. They go to his house. Listen to this. That same hour, the jailer washed their wounds, and he and everyone in his household were immediately what? They were all baptized. By the way, look at the progression there. Again, they believed. They believed in Jesus. They put their faith in him, and then they were immediately baptized. Maybe that's your next step here at Coastal, by the way. You know, you've, you've believed in Jesus, you've made that commitment, but you haven't gone public with that yet through baptism. That might be your next step. Listen to this. Then he brought them into his house and he set a meal before, him, before them. He and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. See, that's, that was a lot more than just somebody freaking out thinking that he's gonna get killed or trampled in a prison riot. No, 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 no. I mean, there's so many amazing things that happen in this story. But the main part of the story that I want you to catch today is simply that Paul and Silas respond in such a way that honestly was so out of the ordinary, so out of the norm, that it led the jailer to ask this question. What must I do to be saved? What do I need to do to have a life like the one that you are living that would cause you to respond like that in a situation like this. You see, what I hope you see today is that many times the circumstances that come into your life, the pain, the storms, the heartache, all those struggles and difficulties, you know, that initially, you know, you just want to get out of that initially you want to do whatever you can to avoid. And sometimes, honestly, you're even embarrassed of or ashamed of. Those circumstances could very well be the circumstances that God wants to use in your life to show other people what a difference Jesus can make so that you and I can make an impact. And that's so contrary to how we think. You know, typically, again, when we find ourselves in a storm, in a difficult circumstance, when things aren't going well, all we can think about is we want out. You know, when is this going to end? But listen, 
your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, who, who might have just heard a rumor that you have something to do with Jesus and that maybe you go to church and you might even come to Coastal. See, the truth is they all think talk is cheap. And so they want to see. Hey, what are you going to do when the pressure's on? How do you respond when things don't seem to go well? You see, they are all watching and they are listening, just like the story. And here's what they want to know. You see, storms come into their life and they know how they respond and they see how other people respond. You know, they see how people complain and are thrown off course. And so when the storms come your way, they're watching to see, is there something different? They're watching to see, is there, you know, is there anything that'll keep you standing firm? Not to mean that, you know, it's not difficult or hard or but is there something in your life that'll keep you standing strong? Because when that happens, it's often that very demonstration right there that leads those people in your life to ask the same questions that this jailer asked. How do I get to know that Jesus? What do I got to do to become a follower of Jesus? If that's the type of life that this produces, how do I get to know him? Now, I think we can all agree that, you know, as believers, we hope that we would react in that positive way when those circumstances happen. I mean, we want to believe that when the storms come and that we're going to respond in such a way that, we're, that would cause the people in our life to ask the question, how do I know Jesus? But whether or not we act that way, here's my point. I don't think it's determined in that moment. You see, when, when Paul and Silas were locked up and you know, they were thrown into the prison, um, it wasn't in that instant, in that moment, that they turned to each other and said, all right, Okay, you ready? Here's the deal. Paul, these are the ground rules, you know, no cursing at the guards. I know you got a problem with that, you know, no swearing, you know, no complaining about the food, Silas, okay? You know, Paul, you, get, you pick out the songs. We got to get this right. You know, make sure you're in tune because somebody's going to write about this in a book called Acts and uh, it's going to turn the world upside down, so we better get this right. Okay, that's not what happened. Okay, they didn't have time for that in the moment. And so my point is, is that you and I typically in the middle of the storm, you know, when it first hits, we don't have time for those conversations either. You see, I really think it goes back to where we started today. You see, when the storms come, most of the time, they are unexpected and unannounced. And how we respond is determined by the foundation that's been built. Okay? In other words, what's inside of you? Again, it goes back to that. The difference is determined by your foundation. So the obvious question for us today is, what are you building your foundation on? You see, if you want to be used by God to make an impact, and that's what this series is about, 
making an impact in the lives of other people, especially when you're going through the storms of life, when you're under pressure. What are you doing to build your foundation? How are you strengthening your core, okay? And how do you build your solid foundation? Well, go back to what Jesus said in Matthew 7. What did he say? Anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me. Our foundation, our core is built by listening to the voice of God and doing what he says. That's how you build your foundation. That's how you strengthen your core. Over time, you listen to the voice of God and you do what he says. You take those next steps. You are obedient to the word of God. Now, what do I mean by that? Listen, I really believe that the most, the most impactful thing that you could do in 2018 to build your foundation, to build your core, and to stand strong in the storms of life so that you're prepared and people are watching and they're listening and you're ready to respond is to make a commitment to a daily quiet time. That's it. Sounds so simple, so basic, but I'm telling you, you know, there is nothing that could have the potential to build your, your foundation than to make that commitment. I, I'm talking about a daily time to read the word of God and to pray. You know, whether that's five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 or an hour, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you the amount. I'm not telling you when you have to do that. I am just saying that every day, some point in your day, you sit down in a quiet spot away from all distractions, turn off all your devices, maybe except for your phone because maybe you're actually reading the Word of God in you version. I'll talk about that here in just a moment. Um, but every day where you talk to God and you let Him talk to you through His Word and through His Spirit. Now Why? Because courage is built in the closet. Strength is built in secret. It's behind the scenes. It's not, it's not on stage. On the stage. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 5 through 6. Listen to this. He said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues and, you know, after church in restaurants where everyone can see them. Now, you know, what am I saying? He, he's saying here, and nothing wrong, by the way, with praying, you know, at a restaurant, giving thanks for your food. Probably you ought to do that. But what I'm saying is that don't do that to the neglect of what he's getting ready to say here. He says, I assure you, again, if all you're focused is on what you do to look good for everybody else to see you, he says, I assure you, that's all the reward you're ever gonna get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father secretly. Then your father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. Courage is built in the closet. Strength is built in secret. Not, not on the stage for everybody to see. It's what you do you know, with your inner life. It's, it's the little things done consistently over time that make a huge impact. Verse, uh, uh, Luke 5, 16 says this. Jesus, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and did what? And prayed. And again, notice it says often. In other words, it was a habit. It was a habit for Jesus. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think there are very, very few people, if any, who led busier lives than Jesus did. And yet Jesus found time to get alone with God. He needed that. And if he needed it, who do we think we are that we don't? He needed direction from the Father. I, I do not know of a habit that I could encourage you to establish in 2018 that would have more of an effect on your life than to say, every day. I'm just gonna spend some time with my father. I'm gonna spend time with God every day. I'm gonna read my Bible, just a little portion of it, and I'm gonna pray. In fact, today, um, one of your possible next steps, a commitment that you could make, uh, on the back of your Connect card, everybody pull out your Connect card uh, just for a moment. Um, uh, there it says, uh, my next step today, on the very bottom of that one, the box, it says, I will make or renew a commitment to a daily devotion. Um, you know, I, I said this earlier, probably the best resource available to you today to help you just stay consistent uh, is the uh, Bible.com app or U version, Y-O-U version.com. Uh, the easiest way to find it really is though, Bible.com. Uh, man, they will provide for you on any of your devices um, a, a million different uh, Bible reading plans. If you're looking to read, you know, this or, or devotional plans, uh, so, I mean, it just, they send you emails, they'll send you texts. It makes it so easy and so convenient. That's what I use uh, for my, my daily devotion. Um, listen to this. There's so many incredible promises in the Bible. If you'll spend time with God every day, promises of success, of blessing, of guidance, help, strength, on and on and on and on. Joshua 1.8, listen to this. Study this book of the law continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be sure to obey all that is written in it. Only then will you succeed. Again, what does he say here? Listening to God, studying it, meditating on it, and then doing what he says. Obey everything that's written in it. That's how you build a foundation. That's how you stand strong when the storms of life come. And listen, people are watching. That's our greatest opportunity to make an impact. Listen, Satan will fight nothing, nothing harder in your life than to keep you from having a quiet time. He is plotting even before you wake up in the morning to keep you out of God's word to keep you from praying, to keep you from joining a life group this semester, to keep you, you know, out of regular worship, to keep you from anything where you are listening to the voice of God and you are applying his word to your everyday life. Why? Because over time, it's, it's those simple habits that are building a strong foundation for you and I to withstand the storm's of life. And again, it's in the storms that we face where we have the greatest opportunity to make the biggest impact, where the people in our life just might ask the question, what do I need to do to be saved? You know, if that's you, if that's how you respond, if that's how you handle the pressure how can I have that? How can I have that Jesus in my life? I want to pray for us today as a church because, you know, the reality is, I mean, I know there's some, 
folks in this room who are in the middle of a storm. And listen, I have been so impressed with uh, so many of you and your faith in, in the midst of it all. And listen, people are watching and they're listening and you're having a huge, huge impact, greater than you realize. And I think, you know, again, we, we need to pray for each other and pray for each other now because, you know, storms come unannounced and unexpected. And uh, sometimes it's just the daily pressures of life. And I'm telling you, man, if you'll just start praising and thanking instead of complaining, you never know what an impact that can have. Let me ask you, have you gotten to the point, you know, you, you've seen the storms that other people have been through and you see, and, and you know, maybe you're in the middle of it today and just like that jailer, maybe today's your day and you're, you're ready just to ask this question. You've been asking it. What do I need to do to be saved? What, what did Paul say? Believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. I don't know what it is you're going through. I don't know all the storms of life of everybody in this room. But God does. And his relentless love has been pursuing you. And listen, in fact, we sang about it. You only have to take one step of faith, one step, and then God runs to you. He makes up all the difference. Religion is all about you taking steps, trying to get to God, cleaning your act up, you know, a long list of do's and don'ts. That's not Christianity. That's not faith. You put your faith and trust in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross, and listen, God will make up all the difference. He'll do the cleaning. He'll clean you up from the inside out. He will see you as perfect and beautiful in Christ. But it takes that first step of faith. Believe. Maybe you're ready to do that today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do thank you for your word. I thank you for the story of uh, Paul and Silas. And, and God, I even thank you for the storm that they went through. You know, they, they took a beating for your glory. They, uh, they were thrown into prison. And, and God, I think about that. There's so many people here in this room today, maybe even feel like, you know, that they're enslaved, that they're in bondage, that they're in a prison. Listen, God, I pray today we would renew our commitment to praise and thanksgiving and, and recognize that people all around are watching and looking and listening. And God, um, those storms come. They come unannounced and unexpected. But I pray that we are ready and prepared because we've been building that foundation. And maybe there's people in this room that need to renew their commitment to just spending time with you. As Jesus said, listening to your voice and doing what you say. And I pray that we'd make that commitment, build that foundation, God. And maybe you're here today just like that jailer and you're in the middle of a storm and you've seen it, but today is the day you're crying out to God saying, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to be saved? To have that abundant life that I see and hear all about? The answer is believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Put your faith and trust in him. Pour out your heart to God here and now and say, dear Heavenly Father, God, today I want to come home. Today I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that you sent him to this earth as a payment, a sacrifice for my sin. It was my sin that put Jesus on that cross. But God, I believe that sin and death in this world could not contain him. He rose from the dead 
and he is alive. And I believe it today. I put my faith and trust in him and him alone and what he did and what he accomplished for me on that cross. I turn my back on my former life, on my sin, and I take that step of faith toward Jesus. And now, God, for the rest of my days, I just want to follow him. I want to become more and more like you see me now, forgiven, brand new, whole, and complete. Thank you, Father. Thank you. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.